Chapter Twenty Two of The Turn of the Tide. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Candace Stellick, Dallas, Texas. The Turn of the Tide by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Twenty Two margaret's morning ride through the town did not have quite the effect she had hoped it would by daylight the place looked even worse than by the softening twilight but she was haunted now not so much by the wan faces of the workers as by the jeering countenances of a mob of mischievous boys to be sure the unexpected meeting with bobby mcginnis had in a measure blurred the vision but it was still there and at night she awoke sometimes with those horrid shouts in her ears of one thing it had cured her however she no longer wished to see for herself the shabby cottages and the people in them she gave money promptly and liberally so liberally in fact that mrs meredith quite caught her breath at the size of the bills that the young woman stuffed into her hands but my dear so much she had remonstrated no no take it do margaret had pleaded give it to that society to do as they like with it and when it's gone there'll be more mrs meredith had taken the money then without more ado the one thing she wished particularly to avoid in the matter was controversy for controversy meant interest there had been one other result of that morning's experience a result which to frank spencer was perhaps quite as startling as had been the roll of bills to his sister i met mr robert mcginnis when i was out this morning margaret had said that night at dinner what sort of man is he before frank could reply ned had answered for him he's a little tin god on wheels margaret that can do no wrong that's what he is ned remonstrated mrs meredith in a horror that was not all playful then to margaret he is a very faithful fellow and an efficient workman my dear who is a great help to frank but how and where did you see him margaret laughed i'll tell you she promised in response to mrs meredith's question but I haven't heard yet from the head of the house. I can add little to what has been said, declared Frank with a smile. Here is all that they pictured him. He is the kingpin, the keystone, anything you please. But why? Nothing, only I know him. He is an old friend. You know him? A friend? Three voices were one in shocked amazement yes long ago in hottonsville smiled margaret he knew me still longer ago than that but that part i remember only as it had been told to me he was the little boy who found me crying in the streets of new york and took me home to his mother there was a stunned silence around the table it was the first time the spencers had ever heard margaret speak voluntarily of her childhood and it frightened them it seemed to bring into the perfumed air of the dining-room the visible presence of poverty and misery they feared too for margaret 
this was the one thing that must be guarded against the possible return to the morbid fancies of her youth and this man why how strange murmured mrs meredith breaking the pause but then after all he'll not annoy you i fancy of course not cut in ned mcginnis is no fool and he knows his place most assuredly declared frank with a sudden tightening of his lips you'll not see him again i fancy if he annoys you let me know oh but twon't be an annoyance smiled margaret i asked him to come and see me you asked him to come to the spencers it was as if she had taken one of the big black wheels from the mills and suggested its desirability for the drawing-room you asked him to come was there a slight lifting of the delicately moulded chin opposite the least possible dilation of the sensitive nostrils perhaps yet margaret's voice when she answered was clear and sweet yes i told him that hillcrest would always welcome my friends i was sure and wasn't i right of course certainly three almost inaudible voices had murmured and that had been the end of it except that the two brothers and the sister had talked it over in low distressed voices after margaret had gone upstairs to bed two weeks had passed now however since that memorable night and the veranda of hillcrest had not yet echoed to the sound of young mcginnis's feet the spencers breathed a little more freely in consequence it might be possible after all thought they that mcginnis had some sense and the emphasis was eloquent end of chapter twenty two recording by candace stellick dallas texas